0: Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk church planting, theology, and drink coffee. And welcome back to another episode of Rugged Theology. I am your beautiful bald host, Adam Diamond. You guys are probably getting sick of that joke now, but it's true. Um, so <laughs> welcome to another episode. Uh, we are on our bi-weekly schedule, just to remind you, trying to get back into the swing of things after our Engage conference, vision trips, multiple things. It's been pretty crazy here, but, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. We have with us a new guest all the way from Tennessee. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Memphis, Tennessee. There you go. Uh, so this is Brody Starns. Hey, Brody.
1: What's up? Hey.
0: This is it, man. Thanks for coming all the way to Newfoundland.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the farthest eastern province.
0: It is. There you go. There you go. So you just figured you'd just hop on a plane, something to do, hey? Just come on. Yeah, up, just
1: doesn't. randomly picked on the map and boom, here Threw I am. Through a dirt.
0: Yeah. Holy Spirit guide me. <laughs> 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 not really. Not really. <laughs> Um, so I just want to introduce to all of you listening, uh, Brody. Brody is here for three months to do uh summer internship with us. He is doing uh school at Southern, I believe.
1: Yeah, at Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky.
0: There you go, Louisville. Louisville, Louisville. You got to choke on it a little yeah. bit. Have marbles in your mouth. And <laughs> no, that's a nice city. We got to visit that for T4G uh, last last April. Yeah, last year. Um, so, Brody, uh, why don't you just start us off, introduce yourself, uh, tell us a little bit about your story growing up, and we'll get into it from there. Yeah. So, I um, f- grew
1: up in a small town outside of Memphis, Tennessee. What's a, a small town? town? Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, not as small as as uh, Goose Bay, <laughs> but not as big as St. John's,
0: Okay, probably. Yeah. So, I grew up in a town of 4,000 people, okay. but... Uh, yeah, I I should have looked up the population. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. <laughs> yeah, I didn't study.
1: But Drummond's, Tennessee is where I grew up, so okay. if anyone wants to look that up, they can. But <laughs> it's outside, about 45 minutes, outside of Memphis, Tennessee. Grew up on a cattle farm, raising beef cattle, and um, grew up in a Southern Baptist home, regularly going to church, and said the sinner's prayer at about the age of seven, mm. um, and believed that I was a Christian for a long time but at the same time was living in a lot of fear of hell and a lot of fear of death there would be nights i remember trying to go to sleep and i would just wake up from uh wake up from fear of dying mm-hmm. and 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 waking up in hell um and that went on for some time and then in 2012 i would have been about 14 i was at church on a sunday evening and This is after years of conviction, and everything has to go on the books in the Southern Baptist Church back home. So I had like five rededications on the the books, (laughs) Um, and I was just convicted. I fell under heavy conviction on a Sunday evening and felt the Lord just compelling me to go forward. And I talked to a, a, a counselor named Guy, so Mr. Guy, and we... Just began talking about what I was struggling with, what I was going through, and again, because I grew up in church, I knew all the right answers. Mm-hmm. And so I knew to, you know, I knew that Scripture said Jesus was the Son of God. I knew Scripture said that He died on the cross and He rose from the dead. I knew that what if I believed in those things, I would be saved, right? So those are the answers that I gave, and Mr. Guy told me, "Well, it sounds like you need to just rededicate your life." But praise the Lord that He pushed, like His grace just pushed harder that night because. I knew that that's not what I needed. Mm. And and looking back, like I can see that what I wanted before that night was Jesus as savior, but I had not wanted Jesus as Lord in that night through just talking with Mr. Guy and and seeing that, no, what I needed was not rededication, but I needed to submit to Jesus Christ as savior and Lord. And so that's what I did.
0: So, uh, that's fantastic to hear that, you know, you, you've, you were in fear of God, and then you had that real, you know, life-changing, you know, experience with Jesus, where He actually changed your life, and you, you know, you actually accepted Him as Lord and Savior. Um, but what what changed after that for you?
1: Yeah. So the first thing was really assurance. I went from having absolutely zero assurance of what the future mm-hmm. looked like to being sure of my salvation in an instant. And from there, it was trying to learn how does this kid that grew up in church that doesn't really have a crack to Christ story mm-hmm. change his life to submit to Jesus as Lord in every area. And it's a it was a hard process. And I went through times where I was struggling with what my testimony even was and yeah. what, like, was it important? Uh, because you hear of so many great testimonies of people that struggle with right drug addiction or they were murderers or <laughs> you know the most vile sinner that God radically saved and changed them into this amazing preacher right so for a long time i just wasn't confident in my story cuz it's like well i i just grew up in church and like nothing nothing has changed really yeah and then i think the other part that was a struggle in that was when you grow up in the church you do most of your sinning in the church because there was not ever a time where I was out of the church. Mm -hmm. So I had to wrestle with that and, you know, really understanding what scripture says that where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Uh, Just growing up in the church and continuously rejecting Christ and, and spitting in Christ's face and having his constant forgiveness um, and, and just having to learn to continually repent. My, Calling into ministry began probably around high school is when I began to really think about it. Mm-hmm. So growing up in church, we always did the the different mission trips uh, locally throughout different states. And then in 2015, before my senior year of high school, I went to a Christian Christian high school and we had a international mission trip that we went on as a senior class to the Dominican Republic. And that was the first time that I had ever experienced international missions or experienced seeing people worship in their own language and in their own culture. And that's when I really learned that God wasn't just a God of America, but that he was a God of the whole world, of the whole universe. And through that experience, I just fell in love and, and with the nations and had a heart for the nations. And, um, that led me to being able to go on multiple different other mission trips and experience, uh, Christianity and the way it looks in different parts of the world. And each time I went, I never wanted to come back to the States and really (laughs) struggled with, man, my country sucks and the church in America sucks. And that was sin. I had to get over that. And yeah, then I, after I graduated college, is when everything really, I think, shifted to know, like, this is where I'm going is is ministry. And so just now I need to figure out what that looks like. So I graduated, uh, sorry, not college, I'm in high school. I graduated <laughs> high school and um, was offered a church job. So I interned at my home church okay. with uh, FBC Millington. Shout out to them. Um, but I interned with them for about three years, and that was my first entrance into the ministry officially, like just getting to learn what it looks like to love on stinky middle schoolers and mm-hmm. to be discipled by guys that are, that are pastors and pursuing the Lord and trying to, you know, make me grow.
0: Yeah. No, I'm kind of jealous. I have never actually gone on a missions trip before like that. Really? Yeah, no, never. Um, very few opportunities. There's uh, no, a couple of missions trips, our churches would take, but was never really a huge culture of going on missions trips, um, always jealous when people got to go on them. Uh, so, and now I find myself kind of being a missionary, which is interesting, but yeah, I
1: mean, it is incredible to see what y'all do here, but I would encourage anyone that if you've never been mm-hmm. on an international mission trip, it is life-changing just to see, like, if you've never been outside of your own culture yeah, to see that yeah. the Lord works. Differently in different cultures, um, and is still the same God that scripture says he is, is incredible. And it's just so eye opening to see that the world is so big and there's so much of God's creation.
0: So, you grew up in uh, Tennessee, you grew up just outside Memphis, uh, you know, you come to faith around 14, um, you know, you head into seminary. How in the world did you end up coming to Newfoundland and Labrador? like? What was your story there? How how did you come to find us? Um, you know, how did you, you know, discern that calling of God whether to be a pastor, or planter, or a missionary? Walk us through that part of your story.
1: Yeah. I for a long time when I discovered international missions, I was dead set on 100% being a missionary. I went through this time where like I said I I thought the American church sucked and <laughs> I was like I just want to go and do foreign missions Mm -hmm. and it'll all be perfect. And I think part of that was sinful. And so through, uh, I I spent a summer in Peru and at the same time was reading follow me by David Platt. And if you've never read that book, you will be convicted.
0: It's a good book,
1: but I'm sitting in this, in the high jungle of, of the Chanchamayo area of Peru and reading this book as I'm living in this village and trying to share the gospel with these people. And my heart just begins to be broken over the American church because I see the need that I'd never seen before. Everyone says, oh, we have money and we have stuff and resources, so there is no need. But no, I saw the true need that the church in the United States has because there's so much consumerism. And I think that's when the Lord really began to change my heart on pastoring, mm-hmm. so before then it was straight up. I just want to be a missionary, and I don't even think I knew what that meant because, like, what y'all are doing here. Like, if I came and you know and came to Newfoundland, it would technically be doing missions, but I would be church planning and be pastoring, right? Yep. And I'd never connected those things, and that didn't really happen until I came to Southern Seminary. Okay. And so, when I came to Southern, it was uh, twenty twenty COVID, and. That was, that was hard.
0: I'd say, yeah. Um,
1: but I came into Southern knowing I, I still want to do missions, but my heart is burdened for the American church and I don't know what to do with that. And through relationships that I just got to build with different professors and, um, Brian Croft who is probably the main one that has influenced my understanding of church planning and revitalization, the the Lord opened my eyes to this, almost this third category that I'd never thought about. Like I'd thought specifically about pastors mm-hmm. and then missionaries and they're their two own things. And then I would always heard about church planning, but never can for some reason in my mind, never connected it yeah, yeah. to what it is. And so entering in and sitting under Brian's teaching and reading his books and getting to just talk to him about what planting looks like or what revitalization looks like and the need of it um in the US but also in the rest of the world like really open my heart to thinking through what could that look like for me to to do planting and in my mind like the way I see it now is like that's almost the best of both worlds of missions if I'm doing it somewhere else mm-hmm. and pastoring because a church planner is really going to be take part in pastoring for at least the first little while, right? As he builds up elders, until he can go and plant another church.
0: Yeah, you make my book reading. I mean, I love that your heart was burdened for the uh, you know American church, but you make my book reading seem so boring. You are like in Peru. <laughs> the way you described your book reading, I was just like, wow. And I'm sitting in my like hammock in my backyard. <laughs> well,
1: not everything has been so glamorous. <laughs> But <laughs> I think it's just because of how impactful it was. Yeah. So when yeah. I went there, I had a, I had just a desire to grow. And I had multiple friends kind of just encourage me to use my downtime while I was there mm-hmm. to really just try to seek the Lord and learn. And that's that's what I wanted to do. It also helps that it was a team of three people. It was me, a translator, and one teammate. Oh, wow. And so there was no church for us to take part in. Mm -hmm. So like we really had to learn like what the fellowship of the church community looked like, um, just with one another and worship together and pray together. And it was a, it was a, it was the most impactful trip that I've been on. It was six weeks in the jungle and just, I really learned how the Lord works alongside of us Mm -hmm. as
0: well as through us. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Um, so You're here in Newfoundland, you're here for three months, uh, you know, we're excited to have you excited to get you plugged in and, uh, you know, give you some experience here and hopefully give you some, you know, valuable training that you can take back with you. So what are you hoping to get out of this internship here for the summer? Like are there things that you want to kind of check off your list? You already saw a moose. Oh yeah,
1: dude. I saw my first ever (laughs) moose, my, (laughs) my second day in Canada. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: <laughs> I mean, a lot of people come here and don't even see one. They're like, oh, where's the moose? So I'm like, well, you, we can't just call them out of the woods. You kind of just have to run into it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I... Dude, if the rest of the trip goes like my first two days have, it'll be an incredible journey. <laughs> All
0: right. So uh, what are some things you, you want to experience or to accomplish while yeah. you're here? So...
1: Right now, the thing that I'm thinking through the most is mm-hmm. what does church planning for me look like? Mm-hmm. And through being connected to I actually met Steve when y'all were in town for the T for G. Okay. So he came and did a presentation for our class. And
0: Yes, I remember he had to take off and yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that's how we met and he gave this great presentation about Newfoundland and Labrador and how lost it is and just the, the need for the gospel to be here. And immediately like my heart was like burdened and I told all my friends about it and it was super cool. And then for some reason I just changed my mind and I was like, I'm not going to Canada. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why that happened. Uh, there were some other opportunities that came up and I think selfishly I was just like, yeah, I want to go to the UK.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
1: but by the lord's will i'm here and i knew that steve has a heart for the church mm-hmm. like of course he loves the lord but he has a heart for the bride of christ that that is just so evident that not like you can't see that in everyone and so when i knew that i was coming here that was one of the main things that i knew that if i i just learned that if i learned how to love the church better mm-hmm. and that's all that the lord did this this trip then then I would be okay. But beyond that, I am trying to figure out what are my giftings? What are my desires? Cause I'm in this time of life where I'm 25 and I'm no nothing's holding me down. So I'm trying to figure out what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Where where do I go after I, I have a year and a half of seminary left, so what does it look like after that? So mm-hmm. really trying to figure out giftings and desires and then this aspect of calling like what do i believe the lord is leading me to do calling me to do and then one of the things steve told me that just really excited me was that they were looking for a guy like me that doesn't fully know everything that he believes and and to disciple him and that's what i want like i want to be poured into and um shaved down and and Build back up, like that's that's really what I'm desiring at this time. The past six months of my life have been interesting. It feels when I first moved to Southern, the Lord did a lot of growing me. I I was completely broken for a little while, and it was a year and a half of the Lord just slowly and carefully putting me back together, using my friends and using the local church. And then in this past six months, when I when I felt like I had the strength to begin doing life on my own again mm. and walking by myself. It was like, okay, God, I got this. I'll, uh, I'll come back to my consistent prayer life and Bible reading when I need you again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's been a few months of growth and then a few months of backtracking and it's been this back and forth over the last six months. And this time is, is just perfect to come here and to really, I think, get out of the rut that, that I was in and to to invest in my life with the Lord and and to come back to the United States loving Jesus more. Because if I, it doesn't matter what I've learned, if I've learned how to love the church better, if I've learned where I'm gifted, if I've mm-hmm. grown in my weaknesses, but I don't come back to the United States and love Jesus more, then I I've failed. And so...
0: And we have failed you. Yeah.
1: and <laughs> And what I've seen so far here is guys that love the Lord and that love the church and that love each other and that want to see the kingdom of God grow here on earth. Right. And want to honor God in their actions and in their, and in their churches that they're trying to plant. Mm -hmm. It's been incredible so far. So I'm super excited to see what the Lord does this summer and how the Lord will use me and grow me. um, And Lord willing, how I can, help out mile one.
0: Yeah, really excited to have you, Ben, and you you fit in pretty good already. You're you're a pretty good addition to the team, although, you uh, know, albeit uh, a very, you know, short, trend, short addition to the team, uh, but you fit in great. We're very excited to have you, and, uh, you know, I pray that we can help you with some of those things uh, and that we can maybe try disc golf on a less windy day. Yeah, my first
1: <laughs> Canadian disc golf experience, I threw my first disc and it went into a neighbor's backyard. <laughs> like
0: Clear across the street. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that, that was also my first disc golf experience ever. And we picked probably one of the windiest days that we've had, but now it's also one of the nicest days that we've had yeah. this, this spring. So it was all good. It was all yeah. good. It's been
1: It's been great. So Lord willing, there will be more great things to come and- Um, We'll get to grow together.
0: Amen. All right. Well, if you're if you're local and you're listening to this, and especially if you're coming to Calvary, be sure to you know say hi to Brody and uh, you know tell him tell him your name about five to ten times because the guys the guys go probably meet about you know thirty to forty people or more, and you're all just meeting one person. So let's, we'll give him a bit of grace and just repeat our names to him. But uh, yeah, pray for him. Uh, come alongside him and uh, continue to pray for our work here at Mawa Mission and. Let's see God's kingdom advance, not only here, but in North America and the world. Amen. For now, uh, you know, we'll catch you again in a couple weeks' time. Thanks for listening. Take care. You've been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is brought to you by Mile One Mission. If you want to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland and Labrador, visit ww.mile1mission.ca